neighbor, and welcome today to another podcast episode of Established in the Faith. This is Pastor James Pierce, and what a privilege it is to have all of you out there by SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, TuneIn Radio, Blueberry, and others. We're just so very pleased and happy to have you with us today. We're going to continue with our study in the book of Revelation. I know it's going to be a blessing to you. If it is, like it and share it with others. You can also go over to EstablishedInTheFaith.com, and if you go there, you'll find more information on how you can subscribe to this podcast as well. We love hearing from you, so please feel free to contact us with any questions and comments that you may have. Well, we're going to go on into our study now, picking it up in Revelation chapter 17 and verse 1, and we hope and pray it'll be a blessing to you. Seventeenth chapter of the book of Revelation tonight. If you have your Bibles and would like to turn there. Someone has said that this chapter here is probably one of the most difficult chapters to understand. And it's a rather difficult chapter to teach. But with the Lord's help and grace tonight, hopefully we'll be able to go through a few verses and explain some things and hopefully you'll go away with a better understanding. If not, just raise your hand and we'll do our best to answer any questions that you may have. Amen. Let's begin tonight with verse 1, Revelation 17 and verse 1. And there came one of the seven angels which had the seven vials and talked with me, saying unto me, Come hither, and I will show unto thee the judgment of the great whore that sitteth upon many waters. The 17th chapter is another one of those parenthetical passages. Now, a parenthetical passage interrupts the events and things that are going on to explain some other things that are going on at the same time. When we ended with the 16th chapter, the book of Revelation, we ended with the seventh vile judgment and the battle of Armageddon. And like I said, these events occur at the end of the tribulation period. But some of the events that we will look at in this chapter uh, will start around the midpoint of the tribulation period. And this great whore that is spoken of here in this chapter has been around since the Tower of Babel, when a man by the name of Nimrod and his wife Semiramis organized the first false religion there at the Tower of Babel. They were trying to make a name for themselves, trying to better themselves in some way, trying to get to God in a way other than the way that God laid out which was through the sacrifice. Understand this tonight, folks. When man sinned in the garden, God pointed to a Redeemer. And man recognized or saw that he was naked. And God killed a lamb, an animal of some kind, and pulled its skin away and covered Adam and Eve. And in that first act of the shedding of blood, God pointed to a Redeemer that was to come. And with that 
animal that was killed, God instituted the Old Testament sacrificial system. We see Cain and Abel coming along and offering up sacrifice, or at least Abel did. Cain offered up his vegetables and the work of his own hands as a means of salvation. But God has only had one way of salvation, and that is through and by the blood of an innocent victim. But the blood of bulls and goats could not take away sin. It could only cover sin. The Old Testament sacrificial system was salvation on credit card, if you will. But when Jesus died on Calvary, the debt was paid in full. Thank God that debt was paid in full. One sacrifice, the Lord Jesus Christ paid it all. And because that debt was paid... It opened up the door for the Holy Spirit to come and reside within our hearts and lives. And we have a better covenant today with better promises than what was in the Old Testament. But God's always had one way of salvation. And that is through and by Jesus Christ and what he did at the cross. That means that every religion in the world is a false way. It is a false way of salvation. Now, there are many religions in this world, and they have many names. And you need to understand something tonight, and when we look in the book of Revelation, you're seeing things in the spirit world, you're seeing them as God sees them. And God sees the religions of this world as a great whore. And I don't mean to be ugly tonight, but I'm just telling you what's in the Word of God. And I know that's a little strong, but that's the way God sees the religions of the world. Well, someone would probably say, well, isn't Christianity a religion? No, Christianity is not a religion. Christianity is a relationship with a person, and that person is Jesus Christ. Let me tell you something tonight. If you do not have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, what do I mean relationship? I mean where you get along with the Lord on a daily basis, and you talk to Him. Follow what I'm saying. And in turn, the Lord speaks to you as you read His Word. You need to understand that. You need to talk to the Lord, but the Lord wants to talk to you. And He does it through the reading of His Word. If you don't have that relationship with Jesus Christ then what you're having is an affair with the great whore of religion. And the church is full of people tonight that are having a Christian affair with the great whore. They don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ. They have a religion 
They come to church, they feel good, they sing in the choir, maybe they teach Sunday school. Some of them even stand behind the pulpit on Sunday morning and preach. But they don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ. They have a religion. They go through the motions of religion. And God points this thing out to us and shows us what it is. It is a great whore. So understand that this great whore is religion. Now, if you study the religions of the world and look at what they believe and the things they do, there are traits in each one of these religions that can be traced back to Babylon in some way. If you look down in verse 5, Revelation 17 in verse 5, the Bible says, and upon her forehead was the name written, Mystery Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots and abominations of the earth. Every religion in the world has traits that can be traced back to Babylon. The first false organized religion. Now one of the seven angels which had the seven vials came up to John and begins to show him the judgment of this great whore of religion that sits upon many waters. The phrase there, many waters, is not referring to certain bodies of water as you would normally think of such, but it is referring to to people. If you'll look down in verse 15, Revelation 17, verse 15, and he said unto me, The waters which thou sawest, where the whore sitteth, are peoples and multitudes and nations and tongues. Right now, the world population is over 7 billion people. Islam rules over a billion people. Catholicism rules a billion people. Protestantism controls another billion people. Hinduism controls a billion people. Buddhism control, controls about a billion people. And over two billion have either uh, formulated their own religion or they have no religion at all. Think of that. So the great whore of religion has control over a lot of people, and it's been that way for a long, long time. And as you know, the tribulation period is a time of judgment. And the great whore of religion will be judged during this particular time period. Let's look at verse 2. It says, with whom the kings of the earth have committed fornication, and the inhabitants of the earth have been made drunk with the wine of her fornication. Look at that little phrase there, with whom the kings of the earth have committed fornication. That tells us that if anyone places their faith in a religion... God considers it as the same sin as fornication. And as you know, the Bible says that no fornicator shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. 
History shows us, and even today we can see it, when leadership goes off after a certain religion, eventually the whole country becomes dominated by it. Look at Islam. President Obama, despite his Islamic background, says that he's a Christian. But President Obama has given more money to the Muslims than any other president in history. Think about what I've just said. In 2008, there were eight seats occupied by Muslims in the Democratic Convention of 2008. In 2012, there was over a hundred seats given to the Muslims in the Democratic Convention. Think of that. So many Muslims have been allowed into this country that entire communities now are wanting to set up Sharia law according to the Quran which violates the Constitution, but they keep pushing for it. That means that law enforcement will not be able to go into these particular areas. Our government says that Islam is just another peaceful religion. Hmm. Let me remind you that this peaceful religion, so-called, is the cause of ISIS. And people are getting their heads chopped off. This peaceful religion. This peaceful religion of Islam is the cause of 9-11. And you know all about that. And I believe that we're seeing what the fulfillment of what they said after 9-11. They said the next attack on this nation would be an internal attack attack on our government. I think what we're seeing is the fulfillment of what they said they were going to do. If things keep going in the direction they're going, it's just a matter of time, folks, before we see folks' heads getting cut off over here. I'm talking about when leadership goes after a false religion. The whole nation ends up being dominated by that religion. That's what is meant there by the kings of the earth having committed fornication with her. Uh, Look at the latter part of that verse there in verse 2. And the inhabitants of the earth have been made drunk with the wine of her fornication. Notice the terminology that this angel is using here. He's using the words drunk and fornication to express the addictive power of religion. The doing of religion is like a strong wine. It dulls the senses and it makes people feel good. People that follow after these religions. In some cases, they become like a drunk man 
And you can't reason with them at all. That's why it's so hard to win a religious person. They don't, they don't think right. They're intoxicated spiritually, if you will. Their eyes are so tangled up in what they're doing, they can't see the truth in what you're saying. And if people continue to go on in that realm... They'll find themselves in a spiritual wilderness. And this angel, if you'll look in verse 3, carried John away in the spirit into the wilderness. Now, John being carried away in the spirit, is John having another vision? And he saw these things in a vision, and he sees a wilderness, a desert, a desolate area, a wasteland, where there's nothing that can sustain life. When God created this world originally, He created everything beautiful. There were no such places as deserts. But they became this way because of the fall. When man fell in the garden... That sin gave Satan the legal right to do what he does best, and that is kill, steal, and destroy. A desert place, a wilderness. And it's in this wilderness environment that John said he saw a woman sitting upon a scarlet-colored beast full of names of blasphemy, having seven heads and ten horns. Now, the woman is the great whore of religion, and she's sitting upon the back of a scarlet-colored beast with seven heads and ten horns. Now, we've looked at this before, but we'll go over it again. The seven heads represent all of the empires that have ever persecuted Israel. The first was the Egyptian empire, followed by the Assyrian empire. Then it was the Babylonian empire. The Medo-Persian empire followed that. Then it was the Grecian empire, headed up by Alexander the Great. And then we had the Roman empire which ruled for a thousand years. The last kingdom that will persecute Israel will be made up of ten nations represented by the ten horns that you see there. They will come together in the future under the Antichrist and will persecute Israel. Now, the woman sitting upon the back of this beast tells us that all of these empires were controlled in some way by religion. This seven-headed beast is scarlet-colored, which is symbolic of murder. The first recorded murder that we have in the Bible is when Cain killed his brother. And guess what, folks? It was over religion. And Satan has been using religion ever since. It is the cause behind all of these empires. 
It has caused these empires to murder untold millions of God's people down through the many centuries. This beast, this great whore, is full of the names of blasphemy because it is opposed to God and God's redemption plan. In order for God to redeem mankind, he chose a people, called them Israel. God used Israel to bring us the word of God. God used Israel to bring forth the Savior of mankind, the Lord Jesus Christ. Satan knew that if he could destroy these people, then perhaps he could destroy God's plan of redemption, and then none of us would be saved. So you can see the murderous plot behind all of this. Look at verse 4. Revelation 17, verse 4. And the woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet color and decked with gold and precious stones and pearls. This speaks of wealth. Satan doesn't have a problem financing his false ways. Islam controls over 60% of the oil reserves in this world. So money is not a problem with them. Roman Catholicism is even wealthier because its people are constantly sending in money to get their people out of purgatory. I heard a priest say one time, he said, I need another $1,000 because your loved one's almost out of purgatory he still got a leg stuck over there in purgatory and if you send me another thousand dollars we can pray him out of purgatory so you can see where thousands of dollars people believe this false way and they send in thousands of dollars into this false way satan doesn't have a problem financing his false ways notice there in verse four that this woman has a golden cup in her hand. The gold cup looks good on the outside and it's very appealing to man. But God said that it's full of abominations and filthiness of her fornication. In other words, it's a false way of salvation. And there is nothing in religion that can cleanse from sin. And there's nothing in religion that can make you righteous and holy. Absolutely nothing. The only thing that can make you righteous and holy is the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's it. And religion does not have that. All right, let's look at verse 5 again. And upon her forehead was the name written, Mystery Babylon, the great, the mother of harlots and abominations of the earth. Like I said, there is nothing in religion that can cleanse a man of sin. And in fact, this verse states that the end product of religion is that of harlots and abominations, not that of righteousness and holiness. Look at verse 6. I saw the woman 
drunken with the blood of the saints and with the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. People have got so drunk on religion, they have become so desensitized that they can kill people and not even think twice about it. Again, look at the religion of Islam. The Quran teaches that Christians and Jews must be exterminated. Quran chapter 2 verse 193. Quran chapter 9 verse 5. Quran chapter 9 verse 29 through 30. Those who cut off the heads of infidels are guaranteed a place in paradise. That is Quran chapter 47 verses 4 through 6. And our government still holds the position that Islam is just a peaceful religion. Really? John said, and I saw her, I wondered with great admiration. As John sees this for the first time, he's amazed by what he's looking at. And verse 7, The angel said unto me, Wherefore didst thou marvel? I will tell thee the mystery of the woman and of the beast that carrieth her, which hath the seven heads and the ten horns. Now this angel is going to explain all of this, which is something I've already attempted to try to do. And uh, like I said, chapter 17 in the book of Revelation is one of the hardest chapters in the Bible to understand, and it's a hard chapter to teach. And uh, I hope that maybe you got something out of what we've looked at tonight. This angel is going to go through and explain this to John, so if you didn't catch it tonight, we'll look back over some of this again next week, and uh, as well as some other things. If the program today has been a blessing to you, we hope and pray that you'll share it with others. This podcast has been made possible by the prayerful and generous financial support of listeners like you to contact us or to contribute to this ministry. Go to establishedinthefaith.com, click on the Donate tab. All donations are safe and secure through PayPal. We look forward to hearing from you.